This is the Lunduke Journal Podcast for Sunday, October 16th in the year of our Lord, 2022, and is with every Sunday show. Every single Sunday, we talk about the important news of the week, not, not you know, what, what sad thing happened over there, or what politician said blah, blah, blah over here, or, or what Docker container got released by a B2B enterprise organization over there. No, no, sir. <laughs> Linux news, alternative operating system stuff, weird stuff, retro computing stuff, the stuff that makes you smile, the computer news that truly matters. And this week, I tell you, made me smile beginning to end. And it's not just because we're in the middle of command line week here at the Lunduke Journal, though that's been fun. That's been great. We've been knee deep, up, nay, we've been neck deep in in terminal games and, and text-only word processors and all sorts of random stuff. But this week has been just replete, flush with alternative operating system news, and I love it when that happens. It's truly glorious. And in fact, the, the big ones, the really big alternative operating systems were present this week, and I, I'm excited about it. To start off with, to start off with, let's talk about Haiku. The beautiful open source BOS, BOS, however you want to say it, re-implementation has, has become its own beautiful thing. And it's still, you know, essentially API and ABI compatible with BOS. It still looks like BOS, but, but it's just continued to grow gaining more and more driver support, gaining better and better abilities to connect to Wi-Fi networks, though it's still got some work to do in that area. But it's been improving steadily and so much amazing software has been ported to BOS. What's great here, so BIOS and Haiku, when applications are developed specifically for it, they can be done in a way that is called pervasive multi-threading. And what that means is everything is a thread. And that seems kind of weird at first, but the way it's done in BIOS is truly glorious. So every button is a thread, right? There's not like one global application thread that is checking for uh, any mouse clicks and keyboard inputs and routing them to the right controls. No, every single button can be its own thread in a BOS application. And that that results in some really amazing effects, especially back in the old days. In the early BIOS days, before even Haiku, they would give these demos of a BIOS application spinning 3D teapots and video rendering on cubes and all sorts of things. And even when one thread was not responding in an application, the rest of the application would still respond. The rest of the system would keep running like lightning. And you could even go into and visually say, kill this thread, pause this thread. This one thread in this one application, which could be an application with dozens or more threads, I want that one to gain the priority because that's the one that's doing the hard heavy hitting right now or that's the one I need to be responding in real time and it was amazing and that that same sort of speed is carried through into the current haiku system 
And more and more applications are getting ported from other systems. And while the applications ported from Linux, like the GTK and Qt applications and whatnot, don't have that same pervasive multi-threading, that same developed for the BOS API from the beginning benefit, they still are great applications running on a system that, you know, really respects them and it really just is powerful and fast. Well, Haiku is about to hit beta 4. This is kind of a big deal because the beta releases of Haiku are few and far between. The last one came in the year of our Lord, 1783. And uh, since that time, we have developed cars and all sorts of stuff. These just don't come around that often. And what we're going to do to kind of celebrate this is we're having a haiku week with the, at the Lunduke Journal. So we can all get together and try it out. So on, I believe it's November, let me look it up here so I get it right, November 9th. On November 9th, so a little less than a month from now, we're going to have a haiku week. And what's great is Haiku Beta 4 should be out by then. And if for some reason it's not, we'll be able to grab a nightly build that is essentially Beta 4. But it should be out by then. And we can all just hammer on it and try to use Haiku in our daily lives. Like, what is Haiku Beta 4 really going to be like when running on a bare metal laptop? Do you know what I mean? We really get to try it out. We get to install LibreOffice and GIMP and Blender and, and DOSBox and every other piece of application, piece of software that we feel like we need in our daily lives. And how well do they run? How stable are they? How performant is it? Haiku still has some shortcomings. For example, 3D GPU support. Essentially non-existent essentially which means certain things like um you want to use like uh hardware 3d encoding of of uh video files you're not going to be able to do that but there's a lot you can do and let's really push it and see how far you can go with a haiku beta 4 system i'm super excited about it i'm super excited about it i'm going to read a little little quote here this comes from waddle splash the 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 lone paid developer, the full-time employed developer for the Haiku project. He says, quote, are we beta four yet? Two blocking issues were resolved last month. That means the month of September. The only ones that remain are, quote, tasks. Uh, for example, they're not true issues, but things which must be changed before the next release and should not be hard to do at all. Thus, it is my plan. <laughs> to start the release process imminently. Hoorah! This should have happened months ago, but things were delayed <laughs> as usual. <laughs> oh, imminently, folks. Oh, I'm excited about this. I really am. I love Haiku as a system. It's beautiful. You know, Haiku has its roots on the macOS side of things. A BOS was started as being incorporated by a guy named Jean-Louis Gasset. He is this French executive from Apple, and actually he has an amazingly interesting history at Apple. He is responsible for so much of what happened at Apple uh, throughout the late 80s and into the early 90s. Oh my gosh, this guy was instrumental. Apple would not be the company that it is today or that it was throughout the 90s without Gasset. He was 
a fantastically interesting executive. He he did some really cool stuff. And he created his own line of hardware with the B-boxes and the BOS. And the BOS contained so many things that the, the, that the Macintosh had, but it was a new system. And in fact, there was a period of time before Apple decided to settle on NextStep and OpenStep as the basis for their next generation operating system, meaning Mac OS X. It was very close that Apple was going to tap Be Incorporated and purchase Be Incorporated and make BOS the foundation for the next generation of Macintosh. It almost happened. And I got to be honest, I kind of would have loved it. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I kind of would have thought it was would have been amazing. I, it's a beautiful system. And it would have been really thrilling to see what Apple could have done with BOS. Putting BOS on, on good high end at the time, like PowerPC G3 and G4 hardware. Oh, baby. Oh, that would have purred. Oh, oh, I would have loved to have seen that. That would have just been a glorious thing. I mean, Next Step and Open Step was an extraordinarily powerful system for Apple to go with. I mean, if they weren't going to go with BOS, I, I think they made the right call in Open Step. But oh, man, there's, there is a part of me that wishes we could have seen that alternate future of what it would have looked like if Apple had gone with BOS. Whoo. Mufasa. <laughs> uh, and, and for me, haiku is kind of like that. It's beautiful to see it continue. And it, with a little ragtag fugitive group of developers just, just keeping it alive, keeping it going. And now they're getting to this point where it is a usable system. It has its rough edges. It has its quirks. It has its kinks. But it's a usable system. You can use it as a daily driver. And that is kind of amazing. All right. All right. Moving on. Uh, obviously, we'll talk more about Beta 4 when it happens and we'll have Haiku Week here at the Lunduke Journal. It'll be great. Uh, but congratulations preemptively to the whole Haiku crew. You guys have done a great job. Keep it up. All right. Let's change tack over to a completely different alternative operating system, that being Serenity OS. There's not new news about Serenity per se, simply a milestone to recognize because Serenity OS is now four years old. Amazing. And not amazing because it's still alive after four years, but amazing because of what they've accomplished in only four years. And in fact, much of what they've accomplished, they've done in the last two years. It is stellar. So October 10th of 2022 marks the fourth anniversary of the very first source code commit for the th project that would become Serenity OS. And Andreas Kling, the guy who started it all, obviously isn't the only developer still working on it. There are hundreds of people contributing to this project every month. And it shows. Because it's not just a handful of developers, though a handful of developers are doing some amazing work all by themselves. But you can see the effects of of a passionate, dedicated community in how quickly this operating system is continuing to evolve and mature. If you grab Serenity OS right now and install it in a virtual machine, you find a fast, stable, at least relatively so, 
and feature complete operating system that, oh, with a couple of things here and there, you could almost live in. And I say almost because it still lacks a web browser that is powerful enough that you can use it for all your web browsing tasks. It's getting there because they've started their own web web engine project and and it's 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 progressing at greased lightning speed. It is amazing. I am I am absolutely flabberdumbled, which is an official thing, at how fast the development here has gone. At their current speed, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, I really believe that the time when Serenity OS is going to become a viable daily driver desktop for at least some people is right around the corner. Part of me is kind of surprised it's not here yet, but honestly, I, it can't be far away. Now, now, not for everybody. Not for everybody. And in large part because of hardware and driver issues. There's a lot of work to be done on Serenity in har the hardware support department. Like you look at Haiku, right? Haiku is absolutely daily driver ready if you've got hardware that it supports well, which is a totally doable thing. There's a wide variety of Wi-Fi chipsets and, and sound chips and whatnot where you can find a laptop or put together a desktop that will run Haiku beautifully. You can make it purr. And there's so much software that's been ported over to it, including great web browsers, several of them that you can live in Haiku right now, as long as you go into it with your eyes open, noting that you're not going to have 3D GPU support, at least not right now. Serenity is not quite there. It's lacking a whole bunch of, of drivers. It's going to be very difficult to find very many pieces of hardware that can run it natively. It runs great in a virtual machine, but you know, you, you want to be able to install it natively. You just do. And because of that, it, it's going to be limited for most people, the vast majority of people. And also the web browser, because of Serenity's focus on developing everything from scratch to make it fast, to make it native for this platform, right? They're not porting over all the GTK and Qt applications, right? They're not just making a port of LibreOffice. They're not just making a port of Firefox or Chromium. They're building everything from scratch. And that means everything is performant, fast, conforms to the, the designs and the styles and the ethos of the whole system. And that is beautiful. That is a rarity and it is gorgeous. And I, I love them for doing it, but it also means that things are inevitably going to take longer than it normally would, than it otherwise would. However, despite that decision, they're still rocketing forward at an amazing pace. So I will say this, once Serenity gets um, a little better raw hardware support, meaning, you know, good Wi-Fi supports, uh, the ability to boot on the majority of, of chipsets, or, or even realistically just simply saying Serenity is going to support this line of laptops, right? They're going to say this line of laptops from Dell or HP or whoever, we're going to support this line and make sure Serenity boots great on these. Well, at that point, Serenity becomes a daily drivable system. And then once that web browser of theirs gets just a little bit better, a few more features, the ability to, 
to behave properly on a few more advanced websites, well, then I can use it from most of what I do. Pretty amazing and huge, huge congratulations to the Serenity OS team and to Andreas Kling for, for kicking this whole thing off. You are awesome, uh, all of you. Now, let's change tack one more time. And let's talk about the Amiga. <laughs> this is awesome. So Amiga OS has been around since the 80s. It has been slowly evolving since that time. <laughs> but the amazing thing about the Amiga is that it's never fully died. It has seemed like one company or one person or another was doing everything it could to make sure the Amiga died. The operating system, the hardware, the, the, the community, all of it. And yet, somehow, it just won't. It persists. It refuses to give in. It will not yield. And there, through multiple lawsuits... You remember, uh, the Amiga was for a while owned by, uh, was it, was it Gateway had it for a while? Um, I even interviewed with Amiga Incorporated many, many years back, uh, a guy named Bill McEwen owned, owned that for a while. And I interviewed with them. They tried to turn it into this company that made this Java operating environment, uh, which was fascinating and short-lived, um, <laughs> ridiculous um but it was it was amazing because it's gone in so many different directions well there's a company over in europe called hyperion entertainment now hyperion has for quite some time now had the the rights and the source code and the ability to keep developing on that classic amiga os and they've continued to do so so they have just released just this last week amiga os 4.1 SDK update 54.16. <laughs> but what this means is it's continuing development. The Amiga is not dead. We're still getting development for it. And the, the specific details of the SDK are somewhat awesome when you really dive into it. I, I, I want to read through a little bit of this. So the SDK includes new versions of GCC, which I should point out that that is, yeah, that's our GCC. That's, that's GNU-C compiler. That's GCC. Amiga has that. As well as VBCC, which is a, another C compiler. And Amiga-specific versions of Git and, sub, and Subversion, which means both Git and Subversion version control is possible from an Amiga. Plus... An updated AMI SSL, which is an SSL library, a modern one for the Amiga. A ton of other stuff, too. Now, combine that together. Did I say combine? Combine with a B. Though combining might be cool, too. But combine that together with the fact that the Amiga has always had some level of POSIX compliance. Right? They always have. Like, it, it's always been a thing that there's been a bit of POSIX compliance with an Amiga. And it is a very realistic system for porting some pretty significant Linux applications and BSD applications to Amiga. Nowadays, in 2022, that is so cool. I, I love the idea that that is possible even. And when you look at screenshots 
of a modern Amiga OS 4.0 and 4.1, it looks beautiful. It looks modern. It still looks like an Amiga, but it looks gorgeous. It doesn't just look like um, a pixel art fantasy from the 1980s and early 90s, which I would also quite like. But the realisticness is... The realisticness? <laughs> the reality is... Words are hard, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the reality is, it looks gorgeous now. Right now, I would put modern stock Amiga OS 4.1 up against um, a current GNOME shell or current KDE or current Windows or current Mac OS. And at the very least, it could hold its own. Depending on your personal viewpoints and preferences, it might not win the aesthetic battle and, and become the most beautiful thing for you. But you have to admit, it's pretty darn gorgeous. And yet it still retains that, that beautiful amiganess, <laughs> that old schooliness that's been there for so long. This is pretty amazing that it has continued. I, we used to make fun of Amigas, not in the we dislike Amigos way, but in the why doesn't this thing die way? I guess that's not really making fun of it, just like laughing about it. Because why wasn't it dying? I, back in the 90s, why didn't it die? I, I remember when I interviewed at Amiga Incorporated, I, that was kind of one of the things that I talked about with, with Bill, the, the CEO of Amiga Incorporated. I was like, this is just not going away. Uh, people who love the Amiga love the Amiga, and they will, they will keep it alive. They will, they will drag it, kicking and screaming into the modern era, and they have. Now, there are other systems based on the Amiga. Uh, the Amiga Research Operating System, AROS, Eros, uh, is beautiful, an amazing system. Morphos, uh, M-O-R-P-H-O-S, is uh, another Amiga-like system. And both, both draw heavy inspiration from Amigas, including the APIs. So they have some level of API compatibility and uh, in some cases, even binary compatibility with Amiga software. And they're both amazing operating systems uh, in their own right. But the fact that we have the original Amiga OS continuing to this day, amazing, amazing. And we here in one week, are here at the same week talking about the continuation of Amiga OS, the continuation of BOS, long after the companies, both of those companies, have been split apart, sold off to the highest bidder, chopped up in some butcher shop, and yet the, the operating systems, their, their legacy operating systems, are still here. I mean, Haiku really started as kind of a, uh, was it open BIOS and free BIOS and all that sort of thing. And they were just replacing one bit at a time in, in open source versions. And eventually they got to a completely open source system. And, uh, but Amiga OS just literally is the continuation of it. It's amazing. It's, it's so much fun. It is so much fun to see that happening. You know, I would love, there, there are some, there are some great technological strides 
that many of the big computer companies like Apple and Microsoft have made over the years. I mean, that's undeniable, right? I mean, when we look at a Windows 11 box, a fully decked out PC, and we look at a, a brand shiny new M processor Mac running the latest Mac OS, it is undeniable that they have taken technological leaps and strides forward and created really powerful, robust systems. Undeniable. However, how cool would it be if those same companies, even just as a side project, as a hobby, or, or allowed us to, as a community, keep their old operating systems going, what would that look like? What would they be like pushing forward? What would it be like right now if Apple said, you know what, our future obviously lied in the, the Mac OS X train, right? That open step, next step to Mac OS X server to Mac OS, that, that Mac OS X, that, that lineage, that was always the future. That was going to be the future of their desktops, uh, their iOS devices, all of it. That was the underpinning. Perfectly reasonable. But if they had allowed a small set of developers internally or open source things so that the community could work on it for Mac OS 9 or even just taken Mac OS 7 and released it open and let people keep tinkering on it, keep pushing it forward, keep adding new support for new hardware, adding new support for new features. What would it look like now? I, I would put forth, I would posit to say that it would be gorgeous. It would be amazing. The same is true for Microsoft. What if Microsoft said, you know what? We've got everything we have is built on NT technology. They used to actually say that. Uh, <laughs> Windows 2000 and I think even XP used to have this little slogan, this little slug line on the bottom of a lot of, a lot of the screens and boxes that said built on NT technology, which is funny. Because NT stands for new technology. So when they say it was built on NT technology, what they were saying was built on new technology technology. Which is <laughs> ridiculous. It's sort of like when someone says ATM machine. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's an automated teller machine machine. Um, anyway, uh, but wouldn't it be interesting if Microsoft took the same approach with, say, <clears throat> MS-DOS 6 and Windows 3.1? right? What if they took Windows 3.1 and MS-DOS 6 and they said, you know what? We're going to let three developers and one artist work on it full-time forever. Just for fun. And release it for free, like once a year, do a, a release update. Like, here's the next version of it. What would that look like now? Or if they release it as open source so we could all tinker on it and drive it forward, what would that system look like? Again, I, after a couple of years, I bet it would be amazing. I mean, sure, those systems may not have the new features, the new, the new, <laughs> new technology technology of the newer systems, the ones that Apple and Microsoft were, were profiting from. But there's value there. And when I say value, I mean smile value. The kind of thing where it makes us enjoy and just, just have a great time with our computers. I, I would love that. And I would put forth that it wouldn't really 
butcher or or draw away from any of the possibility of them monetizing their big systems. But they won't do it. Mostly because they want to see me cry. I'm convinced a lot of the decisions that, that many big companies make is purely to see Lunduke sad. They, they just want to make sure I cry a little bit every night. <laughs> but how amazing would that be? I love that we're lucky enough to see it happening in some places. To see it happening with the Amiga and with BOS. Truly stellar. How cool would it have been to see the same thing happening with GEM? Right, digital research gem that got that really got its most polished release over on the Ataris, right, with Multitoss, where it was just this beautiful 256 colored, pretty multitasking system. What if that system had moved forward, even just by a couple of people, a couple of hobbyist developers keeping the dream alive, like, like what happened with the Amiga? What would that have looked like? Oh. <laughs> Whoa! I if if there ever is a chance that the multiverse theory is true, <laughs> then then there is a multiverse universe where those things happened, and I want to go to there. <laughs> I want to spend some time in those system in those universes. Marvel needs to make that movie where they p grab a couple of nerds and just sloop us through a multiverse into another universe where Gem and Amiga and BOS and Mac OS, the Mac OS classic series and Windows 3.1, those systems had all been jockeying for power and they had never gone to different systems. They'd never scrapped their code base and started over. They'd never purchased new companies. They just kept going with those same code bases, those same design ideas and kept going forever. And we get to play with those systems. I want to go to that universe. I want to be there. Anyway, uh, but great news this week. Fantastic. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been subscribing to the Lunduke Journal and making it all possible. Uh, you are the best in the world, the best nerds in the world. I, I absolutely love it. I love it when I log into locals and my email every day and I have new stuff waiting for me. Just That just blows my mind. New ideas, new screenshots, new applications that people find, new thoughts, new problems people have. And it's always stuff that, at the end of the day, I know a little bit more about some corner of computing that I didn't know about as much before. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that from all of you. I, I've, I've never known of a community like that where that becomes possible. So thank you all. Thank you for all the subscribers. Uh, thank you for everyone participating in Command Line Week. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, it goes until Wednesday. So we've got, we've got days left ahead of us, son. And uh, I expect some more fun stuff to come out of all that. I hope everybody gets to have a great week ahead of them. F something fun. Something nerdy, something ridiculous happens this week. I, I am sure of it because you, my friend, deserve it, whatever it is. Maybe you're playing with Linux or Windows or Mac OS or Amiga. Oh, if one of you can get around to playing with an Amiga, with Amiga OS 4.1, please take some pictures and screenshots for me because I would like to live vicariously through you if I could because I do not have good Amiga hardware. No, some of you do. I do not, and it is a shortcoming. It is a shortcoming in my life. Uh, but luckily, luckily, I can play around 
with with Haiku, with Beta 4 coming, and Serenity OS in a virtual machine. And that's pretty rad, too. All right, everyone. I love you all, and I will see you a little bit later.